Broadcasting from New York, New York. It's Grant's Rants, Hollywood Talk. Ronies Heather feels unfulfilled by her experience on the show, and so do we. We give our hot takes on the latest Housewives and 90 Day Fiance headlines from Erica to Angela. Celebrities have invaded podcasting. We talk the rise of independent media, and I call out Barbara Walters. That and more with Jacques Peterson now. the ranting begin i am joined virtually it's been too long by jacques peterson from unpopular with jacques peterson the podcast welcome back to the rants hi thanks so much for having me back you know you were the first podcast that i have ever ever been on and now that i have my own it's so different being behind the mic and knowing what it's like because when i first came on your show i was like so shy like i don't know if i even listened back to it because i was like (laughs) scared to hear my own voice and now here i am (laughs) and now you are just as opinionated as i am if not more i i was listening to the most recent episode you're getting in trouble now (laughs) always i get in trouble every episode but (laughs) whatever (laughs) you and i we do not hold back like that's what I love about you and even when I started my podcast I'm like I can you know inspire I'm inspired by Grant because he just says whatever the fuck he wants and you don't really care what you know other you're happy to have an unpopular opinion as am I so it's fun to be back here <laughs> I like to think that you can have an opinion a strong opinion and you, I don't need anyone to agree with you by the way but I mean at the same time I also can go about it in a very nice way as well and that's kind of like the angle that I've tried to take like I don't need to throw around like words and like, you know, malign people in a horrible way and try to destroy their character. Just say that person is an idiot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this show sucks. Like I can just, like, you know what I mean? Like, and you know what I'm talking about. So yeah. Um, I, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. Uh, for those who are listening, I, I'm sorry for the delay. I'm, I'm trying to do this every other week at, the far at like the most like i'd love to do it more consistently but again life gets in the way and i'm trying to enjoy the summer we have like weeks of it basically here in new york so i'm trying to enjoy it but i recently had a death in the family so i have been away from the show but i'm back now granny june is alive and well my other grandmother grandma rudder did pass and so that's what has been keeping me busy i spent the full memorial day my first funeral first loss what an experience not to make this all about me because we have plenty of stuff to talk about but oh my god i've never been to a funeral and i never want to go to one again and i will never have an open casket (gasps) oh my god not an open casket this is like archaic it isn't that to me is like like the viking era like i mean what you know the, the person is unidentifiable you want to remember someone as you remember them you know Oh, 100%. You know, it's, it's. I mean, on a somber note, but you're saying about a death in the family. My dad actually died a few months ago. I recapped the funeral on my podcast because I didn't enjoy oh the God. funeral either. I like to find the humor in, uh, in dark things. And they also asked me, I remember, you know, do you want to view the body? And I was like, hell no. I'm like, I don't want to see that. Leave oh, my God. Leave the casket, okay? <laughs> Let me just remember, you know, remember them as they were. exactly i mean i don't want anyone looking at me i don't need anyone talking about me around me you know uh, looking over the edge i I don't need that no (laughs) no i see we're both the same i told my grandmother granny june i said if you have an open casket i'm going over and closing it because i'm not (laughs) dealing with it 
<laughs> Luckily, <laughs> she is not doing it, and she wouldn't have a choice. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But um, yeah, uh, I will say it was it was a tough weekend, and just to be a little shady, there was a family member that decided to skip out on this, and just to say publicly, I think it's absolutely shameful and disgusting, and just want to say that publicly because I can. How's that? Comment about that. that. Comment <laughs> about that. And this is aimed at one person in particular. Anyway, you know, I'm just doing this just to be shady and keeping it 100% real. But let's transition to the real housewives of New York City. Overall, I am enjoying it. And I know I have said a lot of negative things about housewives in the last couple of months. I'm not so deep into Bravo right now. But I know even like New Jersey, I kind of like read them for filth last time. I want to enjoy these shows, but damn, they make it hard. But I am enjoying New York. I love New York right now. And I'm actually, I've gone through the same Housewives fatigue as you. A few months ago, I was actually thinking, am I even going to be able to talk about Housewives? I started covering a lot of other shows like the Mama June Road to Redemption because I just wasn't even feeling excited or passionate about Housewives. And I know that you're kind of, I feel like you're biased to New York because you even liked it last season. And last season was horrible. <laughs> but I, I, me, I do have a bias to New York. Yeah, I'll just watch it. It's like one of those shows that I will blindly watch. You know, yeah, yes, but- I will watch. I will find time for it where other cities like Beverly Hills couldn't even pretend to care. I just really love this season. I love the cast. And I usually am not a Sonya fan. And I'm even enjoying watching Sonya. So I'm into it big time. This last episode with Victoria and the painting of the naked man at Yuraho, Yuraho, Yuraho. It was a very long episode. I mean, I don't know if it's because a lot happened or because nothing happened, but it was a long episode. And Lou has really been dragged on a lot of shows. They've been discussing her both on The View and Wendy about uh, her back and forth conversation with Ebony. And we're not going to get into all that. That You can hear that in any other podcast. They're talking about that right now. But... um. I just feel like, you know, it's uh, Luann was put in the hot seat and I think she'll get away with it because she's gotten away with other things, if you remember and recall. I thought everyone was in the wrong. I thought everyone was in the right. I'm not team anybody with any of it because it's kind of like I'm like, well, Ebony was wrong here, but then Luann was wrong there. So, you know, I like them all. I Some of the team mentality thing, it, it can get to be a lot. And I think that people kind of miss the nuance of some of the situations and people get too quick to just like double down and, and defend, you know, one side instead of looking that it's kind of like, you know, a bit of a multifaceted situation. Yeah, I think it makes for a good conversation. So I know this will come up at the reunion again. Hopefully someone learns something from this more than just the women uh, on the show. And, you know, it's it's Ebony's moment. This is her moment. We knew something like this was going to happen. So hopefully this is beneficial to all involved. So... Uh, mm. This season, though, it looks like they only shot this over like a handful of weeks. I mean, it's unfortunately, I know they can't film around the city, which is really lousy because that's why I watch New York to see like where they go and their life in the city and to see the city as a character. But it's too much of a good thing. You know, it's like exploiting these vacations to like to burn people out. It's similar to what they're doing with this is what I worry about with this all stars. It's like people like to they like the tension to build that we go on the trips and this is just the trips. So it's kind of too much of a good thing and it's too much Hamptons. I mean, I hope uh, Ramona got a big fat locations fee check because the whole season shot in her house. 
I don't mind it, though, with this, because I feel like a lot's going on. Like, I feel like every episode we've had a different fight or some different drama. They threw in the nude painter, which was a little cheesy, but, you know, they they wanted to give us a different activity to, like, mix it up. I think the preview for next week looks good with Leah and Holla Heather going at it. I don't literally do not have an issue with them hanging out at the Hamptons for 10 episodes. <laughs> as long as they're doing something, I'm fine with it. See, I want to see what's going on in their life. Like... Like, stuff with Luann, like, her son, it came out in the fall, like, her son hasn't spoken to her, like, I'm I'm sure that the son isn't going to appear on the show, but, like, that's something that's going on in her life, like, we're seeing in her house, why can't we get more, I don't know, it's just, it's very lacking, it's too small of a cast, I'm still enjoying it, but it feels to me like a placeholder of a season that needs work, this is like, okay, we're doing our season, we're going to do it, we're going to get it out the door, but it's just not very strong, uh, because the, because of the COVID restrictions, I'm sure, but I don't know, to me, it doesn't, it's like a half a season in my point of view, but I could totally feel differently, like in the second half of the season, but right now I'm kind of like, okay, like it's, I'm watching it because I enjoy it, but I don't think it's very good. I'm seeing a lot of negative feedback for it, actually, which, again, I always have the unpopular opinion. So this is the season that I'm actually liking. <laughs> and I am taking into account the the COVID restrictions for sure. But I think that it's a testament to the strength of the cast that with with five women, they're they're being able to deliver what they're what they're bringing us now like i think there's had some really really funny moments so far like i've been cracking up watching it and i'm enjoying the like i think the drama's juicy like i thought that fight with ebony and luann was was really compelling and i can't wait to see leah and heather i'm totally on board well i i applaud the story producers producers for bringing heather in because it was perfect timing because we've now seen these women for a couple days they've interacted you know blah 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 and they've done all types of things, shopping and pro and stuff. And now Heather comes into the picture to kind of mix things up. So it's it's a good time to cue her up, to add her into the mix. And this is what they needed on that All-Stars. You know, I don't know what that show is going to be. I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. But, like, they should have brought someone. There was a rumor they were going to bring Tamara in, just, like, piss everybody off, like, in the halfway through. Like, that's what they should be doing. They, they need to add a catalyst, like get everybody comfortable. You know, they can create their alliances and then throw a wrench into the trip. And so, you know, Heather, not exactly the sharpest wrench, but like, or the biggest, but I'm happy to see her because it's 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 re-energizing the conversation. It's a new element. So I'm not bad. I- I'm not mad. I thought it was a good choice to bring her back uh, because it is, it always, it's always fun to see like the old people coming back again, 100%. So I enjoy that. I thought Heather was good on the show during her run. I was excited to see her back. Uh, I'm a little annoyed by how she's handling herself with, you know, this constant like pretending to be shocked. You know, I was ambushed. It's like, you've been on the show before. Like, you know how the show works. So then, you know, to be shocked that you came in and were ambushed for talking shit about the women just a few weeks earlier on a podcast. I mean, what, like, what the did you expect like that's literally the show so she's kind of annoying me and the way that she's carrying on in the press about leah yeah and that's to that note she was over at entertainment tonight she said she was unimpressed with leah and unfulfilled by the whole experience of coming back i mean you know it's it is a kind of a different game i guess or when she was on last but what do you expect it's not 
it's not a different game. And you know what? A lot of the women have actually spoken, you know, over the years about how those particular seasons with like uh, Heather and, and Kristen and Aviva, they were quite self, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of self-producing from the women. There were um, people were, you know, faking feuds and stuff. So she absolutely knows how it works. She was talking about the women on her podcast and she rocked up thinking that it wouldn't be and you know that she's treating it like a film set well you know what you got called out and that preview for the next episode where it looks like she's talking about leah's voting and leah goes why are you talking about who i voted for you're such a karen i'm team leah i know that leah is not popular right now i think that Heather coming in and talking about who Leah voted for, if that's the full situation, is such a Karen thing to do. Like, shut the hell up. Uh, I'm so glad that Leah has run her out. Like, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the f***ing kitchen. Like, it's the real Housewives of New York. This is a fiery cast. Don't think that you can just come on and, you know, get the promo and get the clout from being on the show and that you're going to be exempt from, like, being called out. It's just well, so she's, annoying. she's certainly been running the promo with that podcast of hers. And then she oh. had Aviva on and she is making it work she's probably not going to go back yeah. so she's going to make it work but she claims though we talked about this on the podcast that she's uh, she's uh, was assaulted by leah i mean what is this when is this happening because i, I don't know she's a karen she's a karen she's acting like a karen uh and i actually like heather i just think she's carrying on like a turkey um and she is milking it for all it's worth to promote her podcast which like good for you girl like get the promo but then she sort of acts like you know i'm above you know i'm above it i went in there and you know i was uh, attacked and it's uh, people are trying to do things for the camera like shut up like you do things for the camera too like anyone on reality tv does things for the camera just stop Well, let's transition to our next uh, segment. We know Jacques from the podcast Unpopular, so let's get into our unpopular opinions. This was his idea, actually. Let's give our hot takes based off of some headlines in the reality TV space. So this first one, <laughs> I'm saying with a smile on my face, is from Reality T. RHOBH season 11 debuts to low ratings. Find out how many viewers tuned in after episode two hits new lows. And just some context, then we'll react. Season 10, last season, averaged about 1.5 million viewers. Now, the premiere of season 11 had less than a million, and then episode two dropped even further. Now, I'm going to give my rant to take on this, but I want to hear yours first. Is it Teddy? Uh, okay, is look, it Teddy? Is Teddy the reason why they lo- they shed about a half million viewers? Well, I love Teddy. That's one of my most unpopular takes. I thought she brought a lot to the show. I don't think oh. the ratings are that bad. I think ratings are kind of irrelevant. I'm sure that they're not factoring in streaming. Uh, the Housewives of Beverly Hills makes more noise than any other show. Like we're seeing Erica is constantly in the headlines. I think the engagement around the show is really big. I... I don't believe the numbers. I just think it's, I think it's an illusion. I think the show is still successful. If anything, I think it's one of the few successful housewife shows. Cause I think there are a lot out there that are like pretty irrelevant, like Dallas, like no one gives a damn, but yeah, but I'm sure yours is the opposite. Cause I know you've, you're not a big fan of <laughs> RHOBH. Well, I know the way ratings work and I looked into this and these are, these are live numbers. So not surprising watching tv live is an old art form at this point i mean 
mm-hmm. no one's really sitting down to watch this live. This is not taking into account DVR and plus seven and streaming. And I'm sure that almost all of us that are watching or listening to this podcast and who watch any type of reality TV are not really tuning in live. So I have it in years. So that's not too surprising to me. Obviously the ratings are better than what's listed here. It makes for a headline and it'd be fun to say like that the show is on its way out and dying and in horrible shape and creatively dead as I've been saying for years and the ratings reflect that and people vote with their remote, but that is not the case. This show is still, like you said, highly engaged audience. It's loud. It's part of pop culture. The women are so overpaid. Bravo put everything behind it. I mean, it's, it's not going anywhere. So I don't really buy it, but someone who wrote this article over there at Reality T, um, they referenced that there were a lot, the ratings were a lot higher in season nine. Now keep in mind, this is multiple seasons ago, uh, crediting LVP for being on the show. A delusion. So another one of her insane stands obviously wrote yeah. that. Um, if LVP could bring ratings, Overserved wouldn't be getting like, you know, 180,000 <laughs> viewers or whatever. I fact, mean, fact, fact. how irrelevant is she now that she's left? Everything's flopping. I mean, thank God that she's got Vanderpump Rules back together because people love that show. But I mean, Vanderpump Dogs, that's, I mean, that's a Peacock streaming show that it's not even worth discussing. That's, that's irrelevant. And Overserved flopped and what LVP is just floundering around and she makes a fool of herself in the press week after week when she takes jabs it at Kyle and, and Beverly oh, Hills. It's, it's it every week. So it's every week. Yeah. It's really <laughs> obnoxious. And if I were Bravo and if I were Lisa Vanderpump to save face, I would spin this new season of Vanderpump Rules as um, like our what, what do they call them when they bring them back? It's um, a rebooting it. That's the word. I think they should they should call it a reboot with a few of the old people and then a lot of the new people, and it will help save face for the fact that it's been off for over a year. Instead, we're going to hide behind the pandemic, which we know creatively really didn't have too much to do with why the show was off the air for like now it's going to be what two years. So I don't care what happens in this show at all but i think it should be branded as a reboot i completely agree and look i'm a huge fan of vanderpump rules like i actually think it's one of the best reality shows that's been on television in the last like decade or so i mean i think it's incredible last season was not great because it was a transition season with a bunch of new people with all the people that they've fired which a lot of it is like the old original cast that viewers love they really should be calling this like vanderpump rules the next generation something like that and giving it, you know, a spit and polish, and then maybe they can set it in the Tom Tom restaurant instead of Sir. Like, they need to give it a facelift and make it a new thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess Bravo is like, I guess they're too scared because they know that Vanderpump Rules works as a brand and they think, look, let's just do the show how well, we yeah. used to do it we'll all the see, time. And- we'll see if it really works, though. might not work anymore. It's an old show. And, yeah, you know, it really needed a facelift. Yeah, time. I mean, they could go to Vegas and they could shoot between the plastic plants on the casino floor that she put out. I mean, they could <laughs> always try that if they're really desperate. Uh, but um, don't care what happens to that. Uh, Reality Blurb put out this headline this week. Bethany Frankel reveals which ex-Rony co-star she keeps in touch with and explains why she never goes out. Um, I don't know. Were you surprised that the two stars that she stays in touch with are Sonia and Dorinda? Sonia, a little bit. I don't even know why she bothers, but I guess it's just <laughs> a te- I guess it's just a text message here and there. Yeah. Uh, 
Also, I've got to say, with Bethany constantly saying she doesn't go out, that's not true. Like, I don't know why she keeps pretending that she doesn't I, leave the house. She's out all she, the time. No, All she talks about <laughs> is that she's, like, in bed in her pajamas and she's never on social <laughs> media, and none of that is true. <laughs> it's all a lie. So, <laughs> Beth, you know, Bethany's another one that uh, – you know, I was talking uh, to Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives about this. I almost feel like Bethany is about to be on a downward, you know, on, on a decline right now because Big Shot was a big flop. I And I'm a Bethany fan, and I don't know what's going on with this new wine, this, this forever young wine that she's launched. Uh, it's not going to be the next skinny girl. I don't think she even owns it. I think it's someone else's wine, and she's partnering up uh i don't know what's going on with her podcast i i don't know i think bethany's in a bit of a slump those poor people on that show and they had (laughs) in the last challenge they had to market that wine that didn't have a name like how do you market a product that doesn't have a name and isn't public and yeah, it's it was, like, she wouldn't tell us what the name was. It was strange. And then she also yeah. waited weeks. Like if she, if the marketing was on point, wouldn't you be kind of like revealing the wine at the same time that that episode came out? But then of she course. debuted the wine weeks later and she hasn't talked about the big shot on her podcast. Why isn't she cross-promoting? It's really strange. Something's going, going on in, you know, Bethany Inc. behind the scenes. I don't know mm. what, but things aren't adding up. Like something's off. I mean, I went on, I, first of all, Skinny Girl doesn't have a website. The brand doesn't even have a website. You have to go to bethany.com and then click on a few tabs and then you see her products and then each line has like a different and like sub page under that. And I mean, it's like, it's very interesting to see like what kind of holes she's decided to fill in the market because there's like preserves and then like, stretch pants and then jeans and eyewear and you know we a lot of us know all the stuff but it's it's it, there's no rhyme or reason for this stuff i mean it's it, what is she doing like it's very yeah. confusing like i don't like i don't i don't assimilate her with any one thing and the one thing her i do pl- assimilate her with she sold so <laughs> Yeah, well, her branding is becoming really confusing because she has the skinny girl stuff, but again, we know that she doesn't own the cocktail portion of it. She just owns the lunch meats and the preserves, which I don't know where they're sold. They're certainly not sold in Australia. Uh, and then she's got the new the eyewear, and she's doing that as like Bethany eyewear. So that's like a different Bethany brand. And then she has this new wine that's called Forever Young. So that's another brand title. Like, what is going on? I it's a me- it's literally a mess, honestly. Oh, and she's not. Promoting the podcast properly either because she wasn't she wasn't cross promoting the big shot on the podcast. Why wouldn't you do that? It's like it's not I adding up. That. Something's yeah, off. It's her own production company. Be real. Be reality or something. So I mean I don't know. It's, of course it was you know Mark Burnett and other folks as well. But she has this production company arm that's obviously attached to this project. So yeah, you we wonder why. And there's a lot of stuff around that show. But yeah, I don't understand the show still. <laughs> like I wasn't really rooting for anybody because it. It wasn't about the contestants so i i don't know what i watched i, I don't think that the, i don't think that's a real job i don't think someone has a has a job because the it didn't even make sense because the role was like what she had people doing was like personal assistant type stuff it wasn't being the the co-vice president of skinny girl or whatever so it, it doesn't yeah, make sense i don't think anything really prepared them for what the, the jd <laughs> the job description is going to be but i have no idea i watched it and then it ended and i said okay <laughs> Yeah, it, it's not coming reaction. back for another season either. There's no way. Not uh, I would bet money that yeah, it won't I, be back I, for another season. Yeah, I, again, I have no uh, relation to the show whatsoever. I have not worked on it. I have not been in touch with anyone who's worked on it. So I, I have I have no information. But oh, yeah, 
Uh, our last headline here comes from People Magazine. Erica and Tom Girardi's legal scandals explained in new documentary, The Housewife and the Hustler. They should rename it and call it The Two Hustlers because I think Erica is one of the worst people on the planet for this. I think she's ice cold. I think she's lousy. This is my opinion. But, you know, some people only fail up, as I keep saying. And so she's got an ABC News slash Hulu documentary coming. What could possibly be said in this documentary it's all caught up in lawyers yeah that, that, that's a good point but also you have to remember that the average person is not like the housewives fans where we're going through and we're reading the la times articles and we're seeing the constant breaking news on uh you know on instagram about the case so this is probably for the normies that maybe they know a few like elements of the case in like broad strokes but they don't know like yeah, the nitty-gritty guess, of it i guess it'll be like a recap like erica married him yeah and she yeah, fell it'll... madly in love yeah okay she's not giving us a, a sit-down exclusive interview with george Stephanopoulos over this. I mean, this isn't going to be anything that we don't already know, in my opinion. I think it'll do well. I think because I think people are interested in it. I think that this is a story, like we said, that the Beverly Hills, one thing that it has over the other shows, it's a very noisy, loud show and it makes these headlines. It might actually convert viewers over to Beverly Hills because someone might watch this just for the true crime scandalous element and they'll be like, oh, this Housewives looks kind of interesting. I want to see what's going on with that. And then they're going to get sucked into the Housewives. Well, they're not going to get anything out of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll but see. I guess. Yeah, uh, meaning watching Beverly Hills Housewives. I find her to be a rotten criminal. I really do believe that she was complicit in a lot of this. Her character to me just doesn't ring true. I just, I, there's something about her I, I don't care for. And, you know, I want to say that now news, they're going to be going all into these documentaries because they perform well, again, engagement. So I'm not surprised that this is being made because, um, yeah, they're, they're all having to go in this route of, through the route of, of true crime and documentary because that's how these news organizations are going to keep going right now so yeah, yeah. We'll, see, we'll see what happens with my thoughts on the whole erica thing like yes she's cold and and everything i'm just waiting for like whatever the verdict of the case is i haven't really formed an opinion on did she know did she not know i'm like i don't not even into true crime stuff i'm not into like legal things i know people get really into it and they love to like read and obsess over every little detail i'm like look whatever the judge says i'll believe so i'm yeah. just waiting and lastly, there's one last one. We'll call it a bonus. 90 Day Fiance. Fans angry over a stage scene between Andre and Charlie. They're referencing the scene where Andre was demolishing a kitchen. And, you know, these people are not actors. In my point of view, it's completely obvious that they're acting. It seems lately scripted to me. And, you know, it's a turnoff. It's a turnoff. So... I'm not interested in that and anything with Andre ever. So I kind of fast forward to those scenes anyway. But what do you make of this? I mean, of course, it's soft scripted. Everyone can tell that. I mean, 90 Day Fiance has been kind of scripting things for a long time. This sure. is not new. Like, I think maybe the, like, the first three seasons were like somewhat real. And like I went into my one of my streaming apps here in Australia called Binge, and they had a whole section called the um, 90 Day Fiance Cinematic Universe uh, with all the different shows. There's so much content to this franchise that, of course, it's produced. And FYI, I'm desperate to get on 
90 Day Fiance I've been trying for years. <laughs> I, I interviewed mean, I with a producer once. It, everyone that I try to, I'm trying to fall in love with an American and get my green card and be on 90 Day Fiance. So if any nice Americans listening, please slide in the DMs because I want a man and I want to be on 90 Day Fiance and I'm happy to script scenes. Doesn't worry me. <laughs> Well, this headline comes from Screen Rant, and there's a quote in here which I think hits the nail on the head. It says, as 90 Day Fiancé gets more popular, the network may be feeling the pressure to make the show more dramatic and therefore more entertaining, but it seems to be having the opposite effect. And that's how I feel. I mean, people who are, have watched reality TV are students of reality TV, and we can sniff out what's fake. So, you know, they're not doing themselves any service by doing this one last thing i'll say before i take off and for this first half angela who got all this plastic i mean not all i don't know if it's plastic she got the stomach stapling or whatever she got all this work done from dr obang at miko plastic surgery and this guy i used to listen to a radio station in la and he used to do these long drawn out ads and i was always like who is this guy the ads were so cheap i said i don't think i would go to this doctor because the ads don't sound like you know it's like it, I, i'm not i'm not saying the guy isn't uh you know a professional but it just it, it seemed odd she's got to have all this paid for right this has to be a commercial for the show oh 100 percent. this is a deal that she's getting the surgery yeah. for free in exchange for promoting it on her her social media and she, i'm sure she can sell things she is one of the biggest stars from 90 day obviously who doesn't want to see Angela's plastic surgery. I want to see. I see the headline, Angela's shocking plastic surgery makeover on like page six. Like I'm clicking. I want to see it and know well, what she had done. So good for her. Yeah. I mean, too bad he screwed up on her boobs. I mean, you know. <laughs> Did he? I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah. Too bad it didn't really look, make him look too good, but that's on him. Oh. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Dr. Obey, oh my God. I forgot about him. That popped up and I said, oh my God, that guy funny anyway when we come back we've got more to talk about including those damn celebrities and podcasts are they ruining it we'll get into it we have a old hollywood talk moment uh in honor of pride month which is going to set me the hell off that and more with shock now this 